Thanks for joining us this week on The Tongue with Dr. Mike. I'm so glad that you're here with us. I want to say uh, a special hi to our new country listening in Sierra Leone uh, on the west coast of Africa. Thank you for your comments this week. Keep, uh, keep listening. Keep sending in your comments. And as our family grows, uh, keep asking questions. You know, that's why we're here. Make sure you visit our website, thetonguespeakslife.com, where you can write in your, your questions themselves. You can access our other pods from before. And you're also able to check out, you know, some of our other projects that are going on, like In My Father's House, uh, PrayerCast, and our sister podcast, Pillars of Heaven with JB and Leah, where we discuss current questions and topics with a great unique perspective from the three of us. You know, so remember the thetonguespeakslife.com. Uh, go to the bottom there. You can donate right to the tongue itself. Any of our projects will benefit from that. You can donate one time or you can do a recurring monthly uh, donation. You can also check out Cure International, who is uh, still running Operation Run that ends this August. So I encourage you to check out Cure International. You can click right on the link there and donate right to them as well. Today's topic, we will be experiencing illness. That's the topic today. So Mark chapter one, Mark chapter six, James chapter five, and Psalms 23. So everyone knows or has heard that famous Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 23 gives comfort in time of need. It gives strength. It gives encouragement. Um, the other verses that I referenced, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 6, they speak of specific times um, in Jesus' ministry when he's healing the afflictions of the people. He's curing sickness, he's curing disease, he's casting out demons. Go to those verses and read the story surrounding those situations there. It's very important, right? James chapter 5 says, Are any among you suffering? They should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continuously sing praises to the Lord. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. So we are to, for, um, we are to confess our sins to each other, right? Pray for each other, encourage each other uh, so in order that we could be healed, right? So the Bible says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. And we all know somebody who's facing some type of health issue right now. You know, some of it might be you, it might be a loved one, might be somebody you work with. Especially now with this pandemic going on, the unanswered and the unknown are causing so much fear and panic right now. Long COVID is something new that people are dealing with. I'm dealing with that myself. You know, disruptive heartbeat, panic attacks, unknown ailments, fatigue, dizziness. You know, it, it, that's all on top of the stuff that we deal with every day, right? The cancers, the strokes, the body issues, the mental states of depression. We're surrounded by an uphill battle at all times, right? So God's instruction is to get into the body of Christ 
and have the elders of, of the church lay hands on you and pray for you. Anoint you with oil and remember that our God heals, right? We have Jehovah Rafi. God is our healer. First Peter chapter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So there's a bunch of uh, verses in the Bible that, that deal with affliction and healing. And James chapter 5 is one of them. It says, The prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if we have committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries his bones. My favorite verse of the Bible is John sixteen thirty three. right? These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In this world you have tribulation. And I like to stop it there and say, in this world you'll have tribulation, yeah, but you'll also have depression and anxiety and sickness and a, a whole list of other things. But the verse continues to say, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome this world, right? Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isaiah 41 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Jeremiah says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. John 3 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Mark 9 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. But when Jesus heard it, he answered, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she will be made whole. Right? That's in Luke 8.50. So it's not... You know, just the regular illnesses that affect us, right? You know, there's a ton of people that are saying um, it's not just my my cancer that's that's affecting me. It's not just my illness that's affecting me. It's not just my my coughs that affect me. It's not my stroke that affected me. It's not my anxiety that affects me. Um, it's my mental illness as well, right? And mental illness is a severe issue going on in the United States today. Um, it's going on all over the world, but. Uh, especially in the United States, it's running rampant. <laughs> the National Alliance on Mental Illness reports that one in five adults in the U.S. will experience mental illness in any given year. And, and, you know, mental illness can be anything. It's not easily defined. It can range from, you know, hindrances and disorders, uh, anything that makes normal everyday life a challenge or, or borderline, you know, things impossible for, for that individual, Right. So you know that this world is under a curse, right? We Since the fall, uh, the, one of the consequences of that fall is the corruption of God's good and perfect creation in this body, right? Our earthly lives are limited, and eventually our bodies are going to fail us, right? It also applies to your mind. Uh, throughout Scripture, we see that, you know, biblical figures such as David and Job and Elijah, they, all these people dealt with deep feelings of despair. They had anger. They had depression. They had loneliness, you know, while, while some of these things are, you can attribute that to spiritual warfare, most of it's a physical nature, right? So, you know, since we know our bodies are prone to go awry, it's possible that what we experience is related to not only just a chemical imbalance, but there's other things happening within our brains, right? So as far as the earthly body, 
you know, Jesus gave an example of how we're to care for one's physical needs in the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? So the Good Samaritan story is in Luke ten thirty four, and, and you know, the Samaritan comes across the badly injured man on the side of the road, and he takes him to be bandaged and cared for until he recovers, right? It's the same thing we're to do to our brothers and sisters. But mental illness can be a spiritual issue, just like we said. So in some cases, our, de- our depression, our anxiety, and any other thing that we consider mental illness could be you know, connected to uh, a, a straight disobedience uh, and, and sin towards God, right? So we know that uh, we put our place and, and our faith and our, our trust in Christ, and, and we have freedom from condemnation, but uh, we experience the earthly consequences. So, you know, we're confronted with the brokenness of ourselves and our sin, and, you know, that conviction could be overwhelming, and it gives us a feelings of, you name it, grief, despair. Um, you can see that when, when David is confronted about his affair with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. Um, we also see, you know, his mental state and his spiritual state. And, you know, we, we look at the, the mist of mental suffering, you know, you have to remember that the Lord knows, the Lord hears, the Lord can heal, and he's always ready to forgive the sins, you know, when we come to him. You know, remember that Jesus and, and God is close to those who are suffering. You know, what's constant throughout scripture is that God provides comfort to everyone who suffers and he meets the needs of the brokenhearted. His word promises that those who are in the midst of suffering, you know, whether that's death, depression, they have the hope that everything's going to work together for, for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's, uh, you got to remember, it's outside of God's character to torment those who he loves, right? So we know that the trials we experience on this earth, you know, while they're difficult and uncomfortable, uh, some of them are for the testing of our faith, right? And that produces endurance and character, and we talked about that, and they're never without purpose, right? Mental illness can affect any one of us, right? So in the body of Christ, it could be the the pastor, it could be the Sunday school teacher, it could be anyone that goes to church regular, um, anyone that you suspect of, of struggling with mental illness. It shouldn't be a source of shame, and you shouldn't keep that hidden, you know, that church is your place of safety, it's community, and those who are struggling, they should be able to feel like they can be honest and they'll have people that will rally around them in prayer and assist them in seeking professional help, right? Psalm 34 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit, right? So throughout the Bible, there's a number of people that, you know, dealt with despair and fear and uh, loneliness. It's not a new thing. Um, David, you know, in many of the Psalms, he writes about his anguish, his loneliness, his fear of the enemy surrounding, his heart cry over sin, his guilt, uh, everything associated with it, right? Uh, you read about it, the loss of his two of his sons and the huge grief it placed on him, right? David's honesty and his own weakness gives hope to all of us who struggle today, right? And David said, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, for he is my Savior and my God. He's not the only one. Elijah also discouraged, afraid, weary, right? After great spiritual victories over the prophets of Baal, 
uh, this mighty man, Elijah of God, feared and ran away for his life, right? Uh, away from the threats of Jezebel. And there in the desert, he sat down and he prayed. He was defeated and he was worn. And he said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm not better than any of my ancestors. Jonah's another one. God called Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach to the people. But he fled as far as he could go, right? After a excuse me, after a storm at sea and, and after being swallowed by that giant fish uh, and being saved and given a second chance, uh, then he obeyed, right? He preached God's message to the people of Nineveh and God's mercy reached out to all those people who turned. But, you know, but instead of being happy and rejoicing, Jonah got upset and he said, now, O Lord, take away my life for it's better for me to die than to live. Even after God reached out to Jonah again with great compassion, he said, I'm angry enough to die, right? Job suffered through great loss, uh, devastation, illness. Uh, that righteous man of God lost literally everything. Uh, so great was his suffering and tragedy that even his own wife said, are you still holding on to your integrity? Just curse God and die, right? Though, you know, jo you know Job maintained his faithfulness to God throughout his whole life. Uh, he was still deeply troubled. He struggled with it, and he had trenches of pain. You know, he wrote, "Why, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the wound? I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, only turmoil. I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free rein to my complaint and speak in the bitterness of my soul. Terrors overwhelm me. My life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bones and gnaws." and nine pains never rest. Moses was grieved over the sin of his people. In his feeling of anger and betrayal, you know, Moses had just led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? And, and as a leader, he, he's about ready to call quits, right? He comes down from the mountaintop after experiencing that, that awesomeness with God, with the commandments in his hand, only to find, you know, that the Israelites are in complete chaos and sin and worshiping a golden idol, right and moses wrote but now please forgive their sin but if not then blot me out of the book you have written he was angry you know so many times we can relate to all of these people from the bio from the bible right you know jeremiah is another one he wrestled with loneliness with with insecurity with feelings of defeat you know jonah uh, jeremiah sorry was known as the weeping prophet because he suffered you know constant rejection by the people he loved right God called him to preach, and he forbade him to marry and have children. Uh, he lived alone. He ministered alone. He was poor. He was ridiculed. He was rejected. In the midst of it, he displayed great you know, spiritual faith, strength, and, and yet we see his honesty as he wrestled, he wrestled with despair, and he wrestled with a great sense of failure. Jeremiah 20.18 says, Cursed be the day I was born. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? You know, Jesus himself was deeply anguished over, you know, what lay before him. He knew what was coming. He knew that God called him to a journey of great suffering. He knew what must happen in order for us to truly live free. Our Savior and Lord was willing to pay the price on our behalf, but it wasn't an easy road. Uh, Isaiah prophesied that Christ would be a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Uh, you know, we can be assured that whatever we face, Jesus understands our weakness, our suffering, our greatest times of temptation and despair, because he traveled that road, right? In the garden through the night, Jesus prayed all alone, calling out to his father, asking him for another way. And he said to them, 
My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray as if it were possible. The hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So the Bible said his anguish was so great, he sweat drops of blood. Right? So what's true about all those stories and those other uh, people is, and so many others is that God was with them, right? He was close to them. He was near. Psalms 34 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves who are crushed in spirit. Right? He was there in the good days, but he's there in the dark days too. Right? He doesn't condemn uh, anyone for their questions, for their pain. He didn't tell them to just tough it out. You know, he reached down to the deepest pit of suffering and lifted them out. He cared for them. He showed compassion. He offered mercy. He brought hope. He instilled purpose. He gave victory. And he still works that same way today, right? Our world desperately needs joy givers. It needs hope bringers. You know, those who, who uh, in our lives will, will help us remember what real grace is and where lasting help is found. The greatest truth is that we have a Savior who understands our pain, who knows about every weakness and hurt, and reaches out with compassion and hope. He is the healer, he's the redeemer, he's a restorer, and he's our friend. He will never waste the seasons of suffering that we face, but he's going to use it in some way to bring good, to instill purpose, to help others, and to make us stronger. Depression is common, yet very treatable. You know, and it affects many people in our world, you know. So the statistics tell us that about one-third of those who, who are depressed uh, actually receive treatment. Uh, that, that's unfortunate, you know, because, you know, it's between 80 and 90% of those who don't seek treatment. And, and you know, they, they often they report feeling better just within a few weeks, right? But it also is known that depression is linked to two-thirds of the suicides that's reported each year. You know, help's available. You don't feel that you need to try and hide your pain or struggle through it on your own. Talk to a friend, talk to a counselor, seek out professional treatment. If you find yourself in a dark place, just know that you're not alone, not ever. God knows your way. He's always with you and he still has good in store, right? I stated this in our other podcast, Pillars of Heaven, that there are over 4,200 religions in the world, but only one empty tomb. Only one man conquered sin and death and hell forever, and, and he's the only way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. And, and we're at a time in history where first we overlooked evil, then we permitted evil, now we legalize it, then we promote it, and then we celebrate it, and then we persecute those who still call it evil, right? Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. There's a longing and a craving in your life. A longing that's desperate to be filled. It's desperate. Nothing will satisfy that craving. Not marriage, not a child, not riches, not things, not a new car, not a vacation, not a dream house, not a sport or a hobby, no sexual pleasure, not food, not alcohol, not a leaner body, not plastic surgery, not retirement, not, not a getaway, nothing. Only God, God alone. It's important that you share this message now more than ever to your loved ones. The Bible warns about, you know, there's a sin of being silent. Uh, you know the truth, and it's your obligation to tell others. Imagine you, you have a friend who stands before God, and he's about to be eternally separated from him. And he turns to you and says, why, why didn't you tell me? Right? Why didn't you say anything? 
Ezekiel 3 says, When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou gives him not a warning, no, no, uh, or you don't speak or twain the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at thy hand. So, you know, we're all destined to die. We're, on put, we're put on this path, uh, you know, from birth, and it goes to destruction. You know, we can thank Adam for that, you know. Um, but because we're destined to be separated from God, uh, you know, sin has entered in, right? But Jesus came and took that punishment for sin away. He put it on his back and he walked it, you know, uh, with his cross to the hill. And as each hammer fell into the nails in his hands and his feet, he bore that punishment and created a way back to God the Father. There's no other way to get there. You can't buy your way in. You can't earn your way in. You can't do anything because you're not worthy. You know, the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. It's not good enough. You know, only Jesus can save you. He's the only way. And he's waiting to get to know you. He died to get to know you. And it's up to us, the brothers and sisters in Christ, to make sure people know. You know, Father God, praise your name and thank you for your never-ending love toward us. A love that was so great you sent your son to die in my place. Thank you for your mercy and grace. I pray now for the people that hear this podcast all over the world. Let them feel your presence now more than ever in this dark time. As this world grows darker, let your people shine brighter. Let them know you're waiting to get to know them. May the ones who are suffering with pain and sickness, all types of illness, known or unknown, that it's your Father can heal your children now. I pray for miracles, healing that stumps the doctors of this world. I pray for the issues to disappear from test results. I pray for dire circumstances to be turned to new powerful healings. And all praise and glory to God. You are our healer, Jehovah Rafi, Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. In Jesus' name. Amen. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be sin- you will be saved. Uh, you know, it's for with the you know your heart believes and is justified, but with your mouth comes confession. And with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with his mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right? So the scripture says, Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I challenge you, the time is running out. This message was directly intended for you. God's waiting to hear from you. Tell him that you're here. You can't do it alone. You need a savior. You believe he came, that Jesus came and died for you. And on the third day he rose again. And guess what people, he's coming back. And we're all waiting for him to come back. And that time is rapidly approaching. So as we suffer with mental illness or physical ailments, remember our God's a healer. And by his stripes, we are healed. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next week. JB, why don't you come in here, buddy? Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, man. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> hey, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the studio, man. Why, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's known to us, but is not known to our listening audience, <laughs> is that was a very long session. 
uh, uh, that was a, a message that that started one way and went a, a total different way. Yeah, that was what take three. That was that was take a take, take a thousand take ten. That was take homework. We'll call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my homework cut out. For yeah, me. so I apologize about that. But the message uh, and the theme of that was that yeah, we're all suffering and we're all going through some things. But you know, and that's the beauty about Jesus coming to the 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 earth and and you know you don't have to try to explain to him what what it is that you're suffering through because he went through it yeah and you think maybe we were suffering a little bit tonight because uh you know a little bit of spiritual oppression possibly could be hey you never Um, know so i hope you know at the end of all your homework this comes out very well (laughs) well i'll see what i can do so I've done some amazing things in the past. You have, uh, and, <laughs> and one of those amazing things is pillars of heaven, and that just um, ah, that's just, that's that's all of us together. That is all of us together, and and it was uh, man, what a great thing! I encourage you if you haven't checked that out yet, go over to the tonguespeakslife dot com and check that out. Um, but back to us. So we have been toying with revelation and we are on the brink of not to get political but um there's a lot going on in the world and somebody just landed in taiwan and was warned not to and so we're going to see the consequences of that uh i heard people talking about that uh nancy pelosi yeah so she was warned not to go to taiwan well who warned her not to go to taiwan china and she went anyways she went anyway how does that make any sense well, I mean, okay, so there's a couple ways to think of it. It's who are you to tell us what we can do and what not do? Yeah, That's true. one way. Um, you know, a, a lot of people thought her plane was going to get shot down. Um, there's another way to think of it. Like, um, now you've you've issued this statement. You're China, and you've issued this statement. Now what do you do? And now, now we've done it. So now if you don't do anything... Now you're looked at as a weak individual because you've threatened, and now there's no consequence. Um, but if you do, now we're on the brink of world war. So I, it's a touchy situation. Yeah. But I don't want to get Although, political. I mean, I know you don't want to get political, but yeah. <clears throat> is the United States really coming from a position of power? I mean, look at all the money we dumped into Ukraine. Well, that's enough. I mean, we and we sent. I mean, because I was, I haven't been following it lately because I kind of tuned out. Even me from, too. even yeah, from, yeah, like, I'm not even talking about like the mainstream media. I'm yeah. talking about like even the, the uh, underground like podcasts I'd listen to and stuff where they're yeah. they're talking about how like we're depleting ourselves of like our, our military of like certain types of specialty equipment. Yeah. We're we're giving it away, yeah. So like, what do we even have to to use to fight with? Well, we got like no reserves anymore. I I know it's we could we could talk about that for hours and, and <laughs> go down many holes with that. But let's real let's let's not do that. Yet. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up, but we'll I say that for pillars of heaven. But yeah, <laughs> but there's there's yeah there's a lot going on, and the point of that whole thing is you know the ch- the chessboard is moving. Um, well, of quite what, rapidly of, of what's written in, in revelation and i want to jump us back into yeah let's, revelation let's so, circle back so let's you know. circle back <laughs> and we don't have anything in the can for revelation <laughs> so uh we've talked oh, about shoot, the i was letters. gonna play a recording <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, you we, have no recording to go to <laughs> yes we, we've talked about revelation a little bit so we've got these letters to the seven churches that are in modern day turkey and um I want to jump us into chapter four 
and, and because that talks about the throne in heaven and i'm going to read chapter four to you and i'm going to stop along the way and we're going to discuss a little bit okay that sounds good chapter four after this i looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice i heard speaking to me like a trumpet saying come up here and i will show you what must take place after this at once i was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with somebody sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. Now, we've got this picture of the throne, right? So um, who are you assuming is sitting on that throne right now? Uh, with the elders, yeah. I, I for, on the top of my head, I think of like the twelve tribes of of uh, Israel. But there's twenty four, right? Twenty four. So right. So let's I don't, just I don't get know this who picture. All the so are. we've we've got this picture of Jasper and Ruby. It says and a rainbow that's shining around this entire thing that encircles the throne. Right. So surrounding the throne are this twenty four other thrones. And seated on them are 24 elders. So it goes on to say they're dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Okay, so now we're getting a picture of heaven and the throne room a little bit right so we've got the main throne we got 24 thrones around it and we've got you know the elders dressed in white crowns of gold on their head and we've got lightning and rum thunder um the seven lamps that are that are the seven spirits of god we're going to talk about that too uh because i get you know questions with what are the seven spirits of god and okay so we'll get into that but now we're just painting the picture of what's about to unfold right yeah so in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes front and in back all right that's scary yeah all right so, yeah the, the visuals are really kind of creepy yeah you've got four living creatures covered with eyes front and in back okay the first living creature was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had the face like a man and the fourth like a flying eagle all right, so now we've got these four creatures covered in eyes, which is a scary sight already, right? Lion, ox, face of a man, flying eagle, right? Each of these four living creatures had six wings, and were, those were covered with eyes all around, even under its wings, right? Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, right? So yeah. picture that. Now you've got the throne, all the thrones around it, and now you've got these four creatures that are all covered in eyes saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the book of Revelation, I think, is the only place in the Bible where they even talk about these creatures. Yeah. So, you know, for those uh, people that love the horror films and, and that are, they, they put so much emphasis on these evil-looking creatures that you know that are satanic and um they don't know what they're looking at i think this is a pretty i, I don't want to say scary but it's something that uh 
we'll we'll make you stop and <laughs> <you laughs> well know, not to jump around too much baby not to jump around too much or interrupt or get too uh sidetracked but like yeah. and I, I believe in the book of is it isaiah or is it jeremiah where he says here i am but i'm not worthy or something and then wasn't it one of like one of the winged creatures or whatever took a coal from the altar and and seared his lips and said okay well now you're worthy but yeah i think it's, it was like a, it was a winged creature wasn't it yeah i have to pull that up and we'll, we'll look at it yeah but um but yeah the, i mean but this is why like people wonder oh why you know why was everyone afraid when a when an angel an angel visited them well yeah. i mean listen to like the description of these like heavenly creatures like they're I think a lot of people think there's just a a robe and a harp. Yeah, and, I think that's what a lot of people. Well, that's like that's what Hollywood depicts a lot of times. Wimpy. Yeah. You, you know, and, and they're not looking at the they're power and feminine. Yeah, you know, not you know straight and narrow and, and little baby cherubs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So here we are. So, um, they're they're saying holy, holy, holy. Uh, whenever the living creature gives glory, honor, and thanks. Uh, to to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, right? The 24 elders fall down uh, before him who sits on the throne and worship him forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And I remember songs in church that were uh, you know, pieces of this. You know, for and it was you know in him we live and breathe and 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 have our power and uh, and this says you know receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have your being. So this we're about to get and a revelation jumps. You know we're about to get the story of the unfolding of you know uh, the destiny of Earth and you know so we're we're opening up in heaven. And now we have a picture of what we're looking at. The only right? thing I, I the only thing I've never been hundred percent sure of with the Book of Revelation is if it's written in chronological order. Meaning, what, meaning like, that you, if if the order of the book is the is the order of the sequence of events that actually take place. Why? Why? What makes you say that? Well, I don't know because and again, you read some parts of Revelation, and like I, I've always wondered. I've wondered for a while now. Because I had like this revelation of my own a while back, and it made me think that we're actually currently living through Revelation chapter seventeen now. Through seven, all right. Well, we'll get to seventeen. Yeah, we're uh, we're we'll, a bit of ways away yeah, from yeah, seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but now we've got this picture uh, of where we're at, and remember, John is on the island of Patmos, and he's um, he's banned there. You know, and, and this is the Roman Empire that banned him to the to the island and now he's in the spirit and he's seeing these things right so oh, some vacation huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's continue shall we then i saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals and also i saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. All right, so now we're 
looking through um, heaven for we have a scroll, right? Sealed with seven seals and nobody can open it, right? Yeah. So you can see that everyone's sad that nobody can open it. And, and uh, this is painting the picture of what's everyone that knows the book of Revelation knows what's happening uh, or what's about to happen. Um, thoughts so far? Um, well, yeah. I mean, the first time I read that passage, I was I was a bit confused about it. Okay. Uh, because I didn't know like what this was all about. Why couldn't anyone open this scroll? Right. And I know it said it was going on about the Apostle Paul was crying, and and then the angel said, "Well, you know, don't cry, don't weep. Um, there is someone that can actually open it." Right. And, and I believe that was Jesus Christ. And here it is. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. I say we were just talking about a harp. <laughs> Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Hey, just because you're holding a harp doesn't mean you're a wimp. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was just like, I hear, welcome to hell, here's your harmonica. <laughs> right? So I'd rather take a harp than a harmonica, I guess. <laughs> I'd, love to know, I'd love to know how to play a harp. <laughs> So it says, each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, right? And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard, well, this, of course, is, um, you know, so God... Um, now Jesus Christ has taken the scroll and now everyone's acknowledging the fact that he's worthy because he was slain and his blood purchased you and me. Uh, and, you know, then it says, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in it, them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. That's the end of chapter 5. So... Right now, so now we're in heaven. We've seen the throne. Yeah. We've seen the, the elders. We've seen the creatures. We've seen the scroll that no one can open. We see Christ um, arrive and be able to open the scrolls. And everyone's worshiping. Uh, and this is a powerful thing because now it's, you know, you, you realize how precious the, the blood of Christ is because now that has um, purchased, and it says they're purchased, 
uh, for God, all the persons from every tribe and every tongue and every language um, and, and every, what, every people. Another thing that's interesting to note is unless this is unless a lot of this is just imagery, mm-hmm. um, it's just interesting to note that nobody's freaked out about you know these different uh, beings and how they look, their appearance. What do you mean nobody? Like who? Well, like the elders, yeah. the angels. Well, I'm sure they've seen it from now. I, I imagine that, you know, th- this limited Hollywood crap that we see is nothing compared to, you remember, this is the creator of the universe, so we have no idea what we're going to see on the other side. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was a good, a good, another good podcast name, This Side of Heaven. I think that'd be yeah. good. That's a good, that's a good podcast name. One thing that's interesting to note is when it talks about, you know, when the Bible talks about God's mighty angels or the the angels that are like the warriors, you know, this is why I don't quite understand why people minimize God so much. Because think about like the mightiest warriors on earth right. and how mighty they are. Like, so why, why would you, why would you in, in, um, picture... Uh, a, a warrior of God being like a wimp, wimpy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I would think they'd probably the most be the most terrifying being you'd ever see yeah. if if you had the the chance to see one. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. That's and you what, might not want to see them. So I'm saying this this picture that we all have. That's all we have is this Hollywood uh, depiction of what somebody said. Yeah. The best depiction, and I don't really encourage anyone watching this to see it because it's not really that good of a movie, but the best depiction I've seen in Hollywood of angels was the 2010 movie Legion. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I It's completely like trash as far as like the theology goes, um, but the, 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 the depiction of angels is so cool because they're like really like intimidating. They're scary. Butt kickers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like they're, they're, if you see them, you're like get, gonna crap your pants. Yeah, and like that's like, it, and that's like not even like close to what what it would be like probably to see an angel in real life. But it's kind of like along those lines where they were not wimpy looking, and they they definitely when they showed up, they looked like they were ready to take you know take care of business. Yeah, and and before we get to you know Revelation six, because Revelation six is actually christ opening the seals and i I think we're going to save that for the next the next round because there's a lot that goes in with that um yeah these chapters from here on out are are, they get pretty heavy they get super heavy (laughs) and you know it's now we're at the spot where now you know what's going on in heaven and and there's a, a brief picture of heaven and the thrones and the creatures and the scroll and the scroll's about to be opened and that's going to describe pretty much for those of you that haven't read the book um, what happens on earth uh, and the pouring out of God's judgment um, on the wicked. Um, it also paints the picture for the final Armageddon battle um, and uh, the over... Well, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, but, but it's uh, it, it's a, a powerful book, and we've gone over the uh, the beginnings of this, and now we're looking at we're about to open the seals, and we're about to see what's happening on Earth, and what's about to happen on Earth, and and the only thing I can tell you is like we've been 
warned in this about birthing pains and things getting closer and, and the frequency and um if you listen to what's going on now more than ever at a more rapid pace and at a more rapid frequency floods and disasters and natural disasters and um the animals yeah we'll get into that too i don't want to get yeah. into that too um don't forget about famine famine um yeah you know, um and this chaos and the division of powers you know the world powers that are uh, we're on the brink of world war yeah and we're we're on the brink of we're on the brink of a lot of things yeah you know like with the famine you know the famine is 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 pretty much you could say it's man-made you know yep. like it's they're they're pushing it along when you have uh, you know who buying up all this farmland, yeah, you know, yeah. and not doing anything with it, and then strange, you, right? All these food processing plants are like just going up in smoke magically. Yeah, yeah, and then you know you have uh, water Texas dr- with their drought, drought everywhere. Now they had the Nevada, California. Now this is nothing new. They they have this technology where they can alter the weather. Yeah. So if they can do that, then why don't they send rain to Texas? Yeah, well. But I guess they would rather, you know, the ranchers sell off their cattle because their cattle is getting sick and they, yeah. they need to get rid of them. There's also cattle just dying by, yeah. you know, they have and no idea. They, they can't take on. the heat, apparently, yeah. after all these years. After years and know. years. Now <laughs> now I read that the earth is spinning faster than it's ever bed before right and, and you know, and who uh, can and, and who can disprove that yeah you know <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always stuff that like they yeah. they love the invisible enemy yeah because you can't even oh the enter the the weather's changing okay if you say so uh the earth the earth is spinning faster than it used to all right if okay. you say so yeah yeah <laughs> the, the thing is that the the things going on on earth and the things that are coming um yeah, they're going to try to be explained by, by this earthly wisdom that we have or the people that don't believe. And they're going to try and explain away what's happening. Um, yeah. And there's just going to come a point where uh, if you have... <laughs> you can't explain things anymore. If you have any... Um, any uh, that, like, how do you explain why the, uh, why the moon turns red? Yeah. How what do you come up with that? What do you what do you say about that one? I mean, I guess you know, with the sun turning black, I guess you could say, "Oh well, the sun finally burned out." Yeah, it's glowing. Even though that's not how it was supposed to be, uh, you know, they you know how they always said that the the sun, like in science class in school, they always said the sun was going to become a red giant and engulf the earth, and we'd yeah, just yeah. all be dead. Yeah, obviously, but uh, but yeah, no, but what if the sun turns black? Then what? Well, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> we're gonna read. We we didn't get to those chapters yet, but uh, you know what comes next is the 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 final picture of um, you know what what's prophesized to happen. Um, but the important part is that um, the things going on in heaven, you know, to prepare for this, uh, the things going on on earth are rapidly preparing for the things going on in heaven. Um, and I think we are, I, and that's why, you know, all of God's church is, is you know, that tuning fork is like, man, God's coming back soon. Uh, and you and I are going to talk about post-tribulation. And yeah. Tribulation. There's just rapture. like, it, it's just crazy because going back to what you're saying, like about, about 
think I think I think we're on the brink of something that that so many people aren't even aware of because so much is just hidden right now behind yeah. a veil. Yeah. And I and I think it's because people just aren't paying attention. A lot of it's because people just aren't paying attention. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's you know you can see with this first run at this pandemic how uh, the restrictions have been. You know you can't travel here. You can't go to this country. You can't go to this restaurant. Um, that how quickly and how easily that was swept across the world. Um, you can see how a mark or, or, you know, when you, if you don't have this mark and you can't buy and you can't sell and you can't, you could see how this could be implemented and just come, you know, not have anybody think twice about it. Yeah. About just kind of stepping on the scene and, and saying, ah, that's it. That's the requirement. Well, I hate to say it, but I think we're, we're on the brink of it more than people realize because, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how much damage is being done to the to the American dollar. Yeah. Uh, when we were basically when we basically turned our backs on Russia, they said, "All right, well, we're going to start our own system." So they started backing the ruble with yeah. gold. Yeah. And they're they have a special relationship going on with China where they're they're doing business and and the ruble is growing stronger and stronger. Yeah. And now the American dollar is losing ground. And another thing is people don't people don't realize how much damage over the years, uh, starting with uh, a lot of it starting with Bush, continuing with Obama, and then under uh, Trump, and then also under Biden, all the printing of the money. Yeah, it's done so much damage to the dollar, and now you have countries moving away from the dollar because uh, you know Russia, they're people are going to be. If things keep going the way they're going, people are going to start moving to the ruble, yeah, or even the yen. If if China backs their money with gold, you know, people are, people are going to gravitate. Countries are going to gravitate towards money that has value. It's just it's just as simple as that. And that opens a discussion to this crypto and what's going to happen with crypto, and because a lot of the banks are starting to come with their own crypto, um, and you know, it opens the question. It opens a lot of uh, uncertainty you know questions about the financial you know here we are in a recession now and um there there's a lot of financial uh, worry going on in this country um just this country not just this country but uh that i'm privy to anyway uh so there's a lot happening and, and the thing is like i said the chessboard is being set up and when that first chess piece moves uh, they're moving already yeah um you, you know especially now with and we mentioned earlier with her sitting foot in taiwan so now you know the the countries are going to start to take sides you see the countries that are joining the un and the ones that are not joining the un um you know the this division of power and this global division is we're going to talk about that and you know you don't think that uh nancy Pelosi is going over there to you know protect certain assets like in ukraine do you <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, lots, this is not the show yeah that's not this the is show. not <laughs> this is not the show jv yeah <laughs> i just had to throw that well, one in there all connected you know, so. <laughs> oh i don't doubt it yeah well so, let's not go get ourselves banned so that's where we're at and we're <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that that's where we're at we are um revelation six will be next and that is the opening of the first seal 
and we're going to probably spend a good amount of time talking about that uh, that chapter. And it, it's going to, it, it's just important to see that, you know, the, the natural disaster, it, it, it's just baffling to me that, you know, the last couple of years, all of a sudden we're on a collision course with uh, all of a sudden, everything, everything just went <laughs> to crazy, you know? And, I honestly don't know how anyone is doing it right now without God. Yeah. You know, I, I because like, uh, if I was like, you know, if I didn't have Christ in my life, oh my gosh, man, because like, like, yeah. I'd be like, what the heck? Now, now this? Now this? Oh, now it, this? If like I was like one of those people that was like, you know, you know, just, I don't know, praying to Greek gods and goddesses or just maybe just, just thought that, you know, I, I'm just on this hunk of spinning rock. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. oh, my gosh, like a mountain, a mountain, please fall on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's funny I say that, but yeah, because that's in the book, that's in the book. <laughs> yeah. The people yeah. when when they get I mean, they, I'm, we're jumping ahead. But yeah. when the, when the judgments start falling down on the people, there's yeah. people that are like. They want the they they ask They're they yell at the mountains yeah. to, to to fall on them, because yep. like it talks about. I don't mean the jump ahead. I know we got to close out soon, but yeah. and it when it says that the sky rolls back and they they the, they can see like the throne and stuff, cr- yeah, and everybody's like everybody like the wicked people on earth are like oh oh they want like the mountains <laughs> to fall on top <laughs> of them because they, they yeah. can't hide they can't yeah. hide from God any longer the veil yeah is, is now removed. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's that is wild. You know, it's like I said. I know we got going soon, but it's yeah. it, the book of Matthew when Jesus Christ says and he warns people about the end of time and he warns people about uh, false teachers and stuff. Yeah, and he says, "I'm telling you all these things so that you know ahead of time." If anybody says, "Hey, look, here's the Christ," or or here here's the Messiah over here, don't go and don't believe them. Right. I'm Christ. And the day of the Lord, when I come back, you're going to see the Son of Man as in, um, didn't, it, didn't it compare him to like lightning? Like yeah. you're going to see him in the sky. Coming Everybody's going to see class. him. Yeah. It's not going to be like, oh, let me go into this room and see this guy or yeah. let me go over here. Everybody, every eye will see him. Yeah, it, It's an event that you will not accidentally miss. You don't have to set your DVR. Yeah. Um, you will see it. Um, and everyone will see it, you know. It's this is gonna be uh, yeah an, an event of a lifetime of a, of a world of uh, an event of a universe. Yeah, it sure is. Whatever, whatever, whatever the, whenever it takes place, whenever it happens. But uh, yeah, you're you're not gonna miss it. So don't worry about that. Yeah, and it's you know the Christians are gonna start to be hunted, and uh, you know a lot of it's happening in, in Africa right now. And, and in certain certain parts of the country in China and uh, Pakistan and in India and, and all over the world where you know here well you know if we don't want to offend anybody so we don't read the Bible right but right, over right. there if you're told not to read the Bible or they're gonna chop your arm off yeah or, or they're gonna put you in prison or um, it's like in the United States, we face a different, uh, different type of persecution. At least now, now it's more like you're shamed. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. In, in in a sense, it it kind of carries the same effect, you know, because it shuts a lot of people up. Yeah. You know, because unless you're emboldened by the Holy Spirit, you you wind up, and even then, you sometimes might initially feel uncomfortable. Like when I first felt uncomfortable about reading the Bible at work, yeah. I, felt, I felt funny. But then I was like, I said to myself, like, no, I'm not going to be ashamed because Jesus Christ said, if you're ashamed of me, 
then I'll be ashamed of you. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll, and what was the big deal? Yeah. It's not like I'm going to face any punishment or penalty. Right. Now. Like, right. Yeah. But it's just funny that, that it's just, you know, across the world, it's not, hey, you know, stop saying you believe in Buddha or I'm going to chop your arm off. Yeah. Or I'm going to put you in prison if you don't, yeah, you know, if if you don't tear the Quran, if you don't tear that up or, or stop reading it, it's not that I'm going to take you away. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's people are being persecuted now for Christ. Right. And, uh, you know, it's going to get it's going to get worse. Yeah. But, uh, we're all told. We're all told to keep our heads up. There's uh yeah. the course. There's always been a, a special hatred in this world for Israelites, God's chosen people, for the Christians who are God's adopted children, uh, the Gentiles that became Christians. There's a special hatred for them, and there's there's right. no mistake why. Yeah. You know, we, we know why. You and know, we, and it's interesting to watch. You know, keep your eyes tuned to what goes on with Israel. And you know Pakistan right now, and and there's a lot of a lot of hot spots going on. Um, just as always, Israel's always been a, a hot topic. But you know, as we get further into Revelation, you're going to see further, you know, the importance of Israel, and and you know, Israel became a nation way back when, and you know that was ushering in the last generation. So a lot of us are. Um, believe in our lifetime that this is we're we're gonna meet christ in the air so yeah um and i think a lot of you know i know this is way off topic but i think a lot of christians don't realize that like most of the bible if not all of it almost all of it is like centralized around israelites around jewish people and um it's it's interesting because if you read the bible because I think a lot of Christians don't read the Old Testament or don't read it in its entirety because some of the books are a bit hard to get through, like Leviticus. But some, I think some of us are, are, are sometimes are a little bit harsh on on the Jews, like when, yeah. when we read the New Testament yeah. and they're like, Jesus is chastising them, saying like about washing their hands and stuff like that and about the Sabbath and not working on the Sabbath. Well, you know, in the book of Leviticus, the Lord tells them that if you work on the Sabbath, you will be destroyed. Yeah. You'll be put to death. Yeah. So we understand then, if, if you read the book of Leviticus, you kind of understand where the priests are coming from when they're kind of like, when they, got a, when they got a big problem with Jesus. Yeah. Because he's basically doing, he's doing things contrary to what the Lord taught them in, in the Old Testament. So I can kind of understand, you know, the gripes they had. And I all I'm saying is I'm grateful that I wasn't in their shoes. It's easy for us to say that maybe we would be one of the people that believed, but really if if God didn't open up your eyes to Jesus Christ, you could very well have been one of those people that had a problem with him. Yeah. Well, the Jew, Jewish people were waiting for, back then, were waiting for relief from the Roman Empire. So their kingdom, they were waiting for their king and their Messiah to come deliver them and establish this kingdom on earth. Right. And, and 
you know, when Jesus' ministry wasn't about an earthly kingdom, um, that's why most of them were like, okay, that's not who we're waiting for. So, um, which they could have done if God didn't want to save the right. Gentiles. Right, for sure. So. And that's why they had to, um, that's why Jesus Christ, that's why they, ha- that's why his people had to reject them. <clears throat> that's why he had to get turned over to the Gentiles to be sacrificed because um, well I don't know I guess he had to he had to be sacrificed he had to be sacrificed even regardless for, yep. even for the Israelites right right yeah regardless because if you could if you could earn your way to heaven there's no reason he would have came there's no reason that he would have had to die uh, for us to get eternal life so um, you you wouldn't need a savior, you know what I'm saying. So it wasn't just for the Gentile. Um, hey, you know he he came and it was like yeah, you know was, uh, the, this is a, you've been taught your Ten Commandments your whole life, but Jesus came on and said you know if you're you know if you look at a woman and have those thoughts in your head about her, you're guilty of adultery already. Right, right. Right. And then it also says if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all. So it's, you know, it's not that, uh, you, you know, the, the Old Testament people are like, hey, I've kept the Ten Commandments my whole life. It doesn't matter. Keeping the Ten Commandments your whole life um, doesn't negate that you're born with a sin nature and that you are still going to be separated from God. So the whole, the whole point of God, Jesus coming and, and dying was to bridge that gap. Um, so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see sin. He sees Christ's blood that's all over you. And that's that sinless. Um, that's the key to heaven. Yeah. So um, anyway, I think we're, <laughs> we're probably over our time right now. Yeah, I could jump around but, to a few more topics, but I, I yeah, think we, sh- yeah. We will. Um, we will soon. And I know when we go to the next chapter of Revelation, we're going to get into it. So. Uh, let's close out and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, JB, for the coming in the studio here and oh yeah, going back and forth. And sorry about the homework projects. <laughs> and uh, thank you for everyone listening across the world. For as our family grows, uh, make sure you're going to the tonguespeakslife.com. Check out some podcasts that you missed. Check out the entire um, family of work there, including Pillars of Heaven. So, until next time, we'll see you then. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you later.